This is an Equity Bates Media podcast. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Just a quick one before we jump into today's app. Today we are speaking with the COO from Bamboo. Bamboo is a micro-investing cryptocurrency platform. And if you would like to sign up and try it out, you can use the code YIGC for a $10 bonus. I have a joke for you, Mads. All right, here we go. (laughs) Somebody today was explaining to me how the cryptocurrency market was changing. Even though I already knew, it was a Bitcoin descending. (laughs) Does that make sense? (laughs) Oh, I love that. (laughs) Best career advice that you are not getting is to invest. Hello and welcome to Your In Good Company, an investing podcast striving to disrupt the norms in the finance industry. I'm Maddie and as always, I'm in some very good company with my co-host Sophie. Hello Maddie, it is our third and final cryptocurrency for our mini series and coming up on today's episode, we actually talk about how you invest in crypto if you've finally decided that you want to do so. We also discuss what you can do to keep your crypto investments safe and different ways that you can get exposure to this whole area in line with your risk tolerance. But before we jump into today's episode, we would like to acknowledge and pay respects to the Wondery people of the Kulin Nation, who are the traditional owners of this land. We pay our deepest respects to the elders past and present and to the next generation who we hope to create a different future for. Today, we are so excited to welcome to the show one of the newest members of the Equity Mates community and host of her brand new podcast, Crypto Curious, Tracy Plowman. After 15 years in senior management as a sales and marketing leader, Tracy became an early adopter and investor of crypto before joining Bamboo to become the COO of the Crypto Micro Investing app. Tracy, I've listened to your brand new podcast and as someone who is very new to the crypto space, I loved it and found it very easy and nice to understand. You guys have gone straight to number one on the business chart, so we're very happy to have you here today, somewhat of a celebrity. Welcome to your Ingrid company. Thank you. Thanks for having me. It's always a pleasure to come and talk about crypto and yeah, really excited to go to number one. That was very unexpected. So yeah, exciting times. Very exciting times. Now, we always start the podcast the same way, just so we can get to know you a little bit more. And the first question is, what's the best thing that's happened to you this week? Well, I don't know if you heard, but I started a podcast. (laughs) (laughs) I was going to say, if you don't give this answer, then... (laughs) That has to be the highlight of the week. Look, so much work has gone into it. And, um, you know, it's a little bit nerve wracking when it goes out there. So to get the feedback from... It's been, it's been great. It was a whirlwind and that's definitely the highlight of the week so far. Love it. And Tracy, if you could have a dinner with anyone, who would it be and why? This is a great question. If we're talking about just a casual dinner that's, you know, a, a few laughs, then I'm not going to go too heavy. I used to always say Bill Murray, but I'm going to change that and I'm going to go with Will Farrell. I'm just crazy. I like a laugh. Will Farrell, <laughs> let's have a laugh. And if you could be a stock or company, who would you be and why? 
Okay, look, I think keeping with the theme from this week with you guys, I'm <laughs> going to have to answer that one with a crypto and I'm going to say Ethereum. Um, yeah, look, decentralised and programmable blockchain running on smart contracts. I mean, does that sound fun and exciting? Um, <laughs> <laughs> Sounds like a whole bunch of jargon and I might need to go listen to your podcast. <laughs> Oh, look, I'm a massive Ethereum fangirl. So if I had to be, you know, if I had to be one company or stock, then keeping with crypto, I'm going to go with Ethereum, which sits number two to Bitcoin being number one at the moment on the chart. So definitely going to hit you up with Ethereum for that answer. On the crypto charts. I love it. (laughs) So before we go any further, I would love to hear in your own words, what is your new podcast, Crypto Curious, all about? Okay, so look... The best way to sum it up, I guess, is when I jumped into crypto or fell into crypto four years ago, there was nothing around to to teach me what I was needing to learn. So you kind of fumbled your way through the internet, you know, picking up a few things here and there, asking loads of questions. So for people now hearing so many things about crypto and Bitcoin, it's in the media, this is going to give you everything you need to know, I guess. So if you're that little bit crypto curious, but you don't know where to go, this is kind of going to get you on the ground floor and teach you everything from the beginning. So we kind of nut out all those jargon terms because there are so many. There's so many acronyms. There's so many different words. So this is going to this is going to help you from the beginning, I guess. Yeah, I feel like in the crypto space, whenever I hear people talk about it, they kind of know it all. And I'm like, I don't understand because you know it all. Like I need someone to like give me the very basics. So I'm definitely going to be a listener indeed. And why do you love the crypto space so much? You said you fell into it four years ago. What kind of happened there? Uh, Look, like I said, I fell into it four years ago and I was incredibly green at that point. I knew nothing and and it took me a long time to it took me a long time to even pluck up the courage to ask questions at the time because it was very technical and, you know, crypto is like the other financial sectors, very masculine. And I think women are largely left out of that whole conversation. But crypto for me has been the opposite. I think it's been quite inclusive. And I think it's it's an opportunity kind of to turn that on its head. Um, and I was able to ask a lot of questions. And what I found that it wasn't just me, but it was also my male peers who had no idea what some of these terms meant. So it kind of, it was okay all of a sudden to ask questions Um, And that's what I was doing. I was forever asking a lot of questions. So, you know, um, I think it's been a really inclusive space for um, not just females, but for everyone out there to get involved. And there was no degree in crypto, although there is now, I believe. So, you know, you were self-taught. So at the time, you know, you could you know, you could teach yourself. And that was that was a wonderful thing. You know, everyone started from the same baseline. And I loved that. I know that crypto has been around for a long time, but I do feel like it has a lot of momentum at the moment. Maybe it's just because we're doing podcast episodes on it, but I feel like all of a sudden people are talking about it more than ever. And I think that point that you touched on about females getting involved and learning more about it, it's great timing because females have never been more involved in investing and in financial markets than they are right now. And I think it's such a good opportunity for everyone to kind of get onto this crypto story together and we can all be a part of it because it is super interesting and it's really exciting. And I think, you know, when we joined Equity Mates, one of the things that the guys said was that their mission was to make the finance media landscape more accessible. And I think crypto in particular is one of those spaces where 
you know, if you go on YouTube and you start Googling crypto, like it's, it can get pretty complicated pretty quickly. Like you can go down a whole rabbit hole. So I think podcasts like Crypto Curious, where you guys, like you said, allow people to come in on the ground level and break it down really simply is such an awesome idea and great opportunity for everyone to get involved. And then people understand there's no silly questions, you know, everyone can, you know, let's get it out there. Yeah, I think you're right. Absolutely. Tracy, behind every first crypto investment, there's generally a pretty good story to be told. So can you tell us about your first crypto investment and what you learned from it? Yes. Okay. Mine was not a great success story, (laughs) as most people's maybe aren't. So Yes, four years ago, I um, was just bought into the hype again. I wasn't sure what I was doing, but, you know, I, I was loving it and I was hearing all these really amazing things at the time, really early 2018. Everyone was 10Xing and 100Xing and there were all these different <laughs> coins with different weird names everyone was doing super well on. And I, I thought, um, why don't I ask to get my first month's pay in one of these coins that these guys are talking about? <laughs> Which I did. Um, so outrageous. <laughs> what was I thinking, honestly? And then this coin um, had just listed after an ICO and then it tanked. And now I say that I understand what that means. But back then I didn't know what an ICO was. I didn't know even that it was going to be listed. I, I didn't know what I was doing, you know. And had there been a podcast out there that was explaining those things to me, I wouldn't have made that mistake. But basically... My investment for that month went very quickly down to about not even 20% of what it was worth. So safe to say the second month's salary was not in crypto? Did not. No, 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 no. But, I mean, it did not happen. No, but look, by that time I was, you know, I was, I was you know, well hooked and I was, you know, understanding what was going on a little better, but I just didn't jump didn't jump head first. And what I took from that as well was, you know, do a bit more research maybe and um, don't get distracted by shiny things. So <laughs> I love it. And just to clarify, ICO, is that initial coin offering? <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's correct. Yeah. I love that. I had no idea what an ICO was. I was just sitting there nodding, being like, yeah, I'm going to pretend like I know, but I don't know. <laughs> Similar to an IPO. And again, that's a made up term for crypto because there's an IPO and they're like, we're going to call this an initial coin offering. Let's call it an ICO. It's the Wild West crypto. We're just making up terms left, right and centre. Amazing. Now we're going to jump into it. So we're going to talk to you all about today how to invest in cryptocurrency, but we're going to start with a little bit more basic. When we talk on our podcast, we talk about a lot of asset classes, whether it be stocks or bonds, yet to talk about property, but maybe one day. What asset class does cryptocurrency belong to? That's a good question. I mean, you've got, like you said, you've stocks and bonds and I think um, alternative assets I I would go with. So crypto has really matured and developed over the past few years. You know, the crypto assets have grown more than 300 billion over the past decade, you know, which has grabbed the attention of many people wanting to kind of FOMO in, I guess. And I don't think we can deny that crypto is a, a viable asset class now. But with that is a as a high you know high risk high reward which is due to its volatility I guess so in saying that that means that a lot of you know financial planners and asset managers investors probably you know shy away from putting a larger allocations into their portfolio um, but that doesn't mean that crypto doesn't belong in your overall portfolio as a diversifying investment. 
Yeah, I think it's a great point. And Soph has done a great news story before. You know, we often think about gold as being a good inflation hedge or something that sort of doesn't move with along with the rest of your stocks in your portfolio. And cryptocurrency is another great example of that. So it's a good way to, you know, if you are interested and if you do want a little bit of exposure to help diversify your portfolio into that space as well. Yeah, that's it. It is. It's just, it's another, you know, a hedging strategy um, in your portfolio. Exactly. I also have heard the term a lot, a digital asset. Is that like a real asset class or is that just something that people call it because it's on the internet? Exactly. I think it's it's a, it's a something that they've made up as well. So it's a, a, I think it will be classified as an alternative asset class, but they're calling it a digital asset. So again, crypto made up. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So when I'm buying this alternative digital asset. What do you actually own when you purchase cryptocurrency? So the same example as before, you know, when we purchase a stock, we're owning a piece of a company, when we're buying a coin or a cryptocurrency, what do we own? Now, this is a little tricky to answer, but in simple terms, you're buying a digital representation of a token, which is representative of a portion of a network So, for example, if I'm buying an Ethereum token or one ETH, this is the currency that encourages people to run the Ethereum network. So, basically, you're buying a portion of that network. Or uh, perhaps another way of thinking about that is um, Bitcoin is a digital currency that exists um, in a computer file, which can only be stored on a Bitcoin-compatible wallet or a smartphone or a computer. And then every time you buy a fraction of a Bitcoin, technically you're buying a computer file whose value is then derived by market forces, if that makes sense. I think I've got it. (laughs) We're going to take a quick break for our sponsors, but we are going to be right back with Tracy to discuss how you actually invest in cryptocurrencies. If you thought the only way to get a more defined jawline with natural-looking results was through surgery, think again. Juvederm Volux XC is a non-surgical injectable gel filler that improves moderate to severe loss of jawline definition and can help you achieve natural-looking results with little downtime. Even better, this improved definition lasts up to one year with optimal treatment. No maintenance required. Improve jawline definition for a smooth, sculpted look with Juvederm Volux XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. 
Over the past couple of weeks, we've spoken about what is crypto and we've spoken about its use cases and helping people to try and understand whether they, you know, even like it or not. But when it comes down to crunch day and they've decided they want to invest, how do you actually invest in cryptocurrencies? And you can use one of them to give an example. I don't know if it's all the same or if it's different depending on the coin. Sure. So investing and also trading is a little bit different to investing in other assets, but there are definitely some similarities. And I think some knowledge of some crypto fundamentals is probably a good place to start, which is probably why people have been listening to, you know, these type of podcasts. So that's good. But also having, you know, an investment strategy as well before you, you take that step and having your own personal risk tolerance and knowing what you want to get out of the investment is also important. And also maybe stress having a time frame in mind too with crypto because a lot of people put money in and then they check it every day and see where it's going and what's happening. And, you know, with crypto, you see it going up and down and that can be quite stressful. Um, so perhaps go, look, I'm going to do this for eight, 12 months or, or, eight, or five years and then, you know, like any investment strategy, just know where you're going with it. But then obviously you've done all that and you're excited to get into the market and there are, you know, many ways to get into crypto. And like you said, there's, so there's exchanges and there's micro-saving apps like Bamboo. You can buy in person over the counter and there's even crypto ATMs around Australia, which is super weird. But we'll chat about the most common form, which would be the exchanges. And that's probably the most common on-ramp for buying crypto. And Different exchanges have different onboarding processes and some of these are relatively easy um, and some of them can be a little bit more lengthy and depending on what kind of KYC or ID process, you know, some of them can take up to two or three days before you're ready to go. And then when it comes down to choosing your exchanges, that's down to the individual as well. You know, you, you, you might want to have some really fancy weird coins. So you might want to get an exchange that's got a, a bigger long list of coins. Two really good Aussie exchanges, which I can suggest, are BTC Markets and Independent Reserve. I was just going to say, I recently um, jumped into the crypto world and I really struggled to work out what exchange to jump onto because there's so, number one, there's so many different names out there. And then number two, I was like, can I trust all of these? Like, I don't know. I had this kind of weird mentality and what helped me was, you know, talking to people that I know and seeing what they used. But, you know, is there a sentiment that not all the exchanges are necessarily safe or regulated like a stock exchange is? I guess so. There is a little bit of that and there can be a little bit of a, you know, you don't want to touch some of the Asian exchanges that have been hacked more than the others. And to be honest, I was exactly like that. And when I did start opening exchanges, I went for the Aussie ones. I just felt better about it. And I went with BTC Markets early on. And then they're also compatible with my bank and it was a bit easier to get funds in and out. And now for me further on, it's about me and my situation, and it is about getting funds easier in and out again. And so I, I've moved to another exchange, which is called Binance. But again, it is talking to different people and, you know, it is a trust thing, but it's also your situation and knowing what you want to trade as well. Yeah, and like I said, some of them are going to have, you know, different processes on how they KYC and, um, you know, process check at the same time. Is it like the brokerage platforms that we use for stocks in that it's quite easy to change brokers once you get started? Um, I think they're very similar. And in saying that, I have not used a lot of stock exchanges myself, so I couldn't say that from personal experience. But I think we've, it's probably worth mentioning that there's another whole class of exchanges that 
we in crypto world use. And these exchanges are a mix where you can buy your crypto on decentralized exchanges or DEXs for short. I'm not sure whether you've you've heard of those. Nope. <laughs> that was the worst podcasting ever. We both just shook our heads. <laughs> no one, no one can see us. So that's another bit of crypto jargon, DEXs. But <laughs> traditionally, an exchange is run by a centralised company or a, or a person who is responsible for all aspects of how that platform operates. Uh, but with a decentralised exchange or a DEX, this has no central authority or entity which has control. So this is kind of all made possible by code or smart contracts. I don't want to get too technical here because this is also where I kind of lose it a little bit, but it's all done on, you know, it's all done on algorithms instead of human intervention and there are liquidity pools provided by other buyers on the network. Um, so it's not easy to wrap your head around, but the point is that these DEXs can offer all of the functionality that these centralised ex- exchanges offer but with much lower fees as, as well as not having those KYC or registration processes. So obviously there's risks here as well with those being unregulated, but in the end they're hugely popular. Like I use a lot of these and you probably would have heard heard the names, like there's Uniswap, which is, you know, just does incredible volumes. I think it did something like um, $3 billion, uh in the first half of this year, just wow. through their system, yeah. And then there's Sushi Swap and Pancake Swap, and I'm realizing <laughs> how bad all these names sound as I'm saying them. But it's just so. <laughs> that's it. And um, so they're hugely popular. And you know, when you think about Uniswap, which I mentioned, which is probably the biggest dex that's out there, worth you know stupid amounts of money, and they've got like you know half a dozen staff because they are decentralized and it's all run on these smart contracts. It's pretty amazing. It's, you know, it's amazing stuff. So just so I understand correctly, I just want to make sure I've got my head around this because this is all new to me. Something like SushiSwap or Uniswap is like an exchange. I mean, not obviously the exact same, but something like the ASX or the NASDAQ where people buy and sell cryptocurrencies. Correct. That is right. there's There's a liquidity pool and people are putting their tokens in there and swapping and selling with each other. But it is it is decentralised. It's just a different world, isn't it? <laughs> I love it. I'm so interested in it. <laughs> so when we invest in stocks, and I'm sorry, I keep coming back to this because it's the easiest way for me to sort of wrap my head around it. When it comes to tax time, we pay tax on our dividends and also our capital gains. So any money that we earned by buying and then selling for a profit what do we need to know about tax sort of just at a very high level when it comes to cryptocurrencies? Does it work the same? Wouldn't it be amazing if I said, no, you have to pay any tax? <laughs> no, it does. <laughs> oh, that would be so good. No, look, the inevitable tax question. And the simple answer is yes. If you've made a profit trading cryptocurrencies, you'll need to declare it and uh, in your annual return, you know, and the ATO has also now started to collect data from all of these exchanges I've mentioned, uh, and they'll be monitoring your tax returns to make sure that your tax returns match your crypto transactions. So that's how deep it goes. So you need to know that you must disclose all your crypto earnings and you need to pay any tax on any gains that are made. 
Maybe we should make like a tax coin that has some kind of incentive that if you if you buy it and sell it, you don't have to pay tax. <laughs> Not sure the ATO will be on board for that one. <laughs> and another part of investing that we sometimes talk about is also micro-investing. And now we know that Bamboo does micro-investing for cryptocurrency. So can you tell us a little bit about what micro-investing in cryptocurrency looks like? Micro-investing is a great way to get your foot in the door, especially with this type of asset class. And apps like Bamboo are more focused on ease of use and not for trading, but more for savings. So um, Bamboo is similar to um, micro-investing share apps like Raise. So what the app does is it takes your day-to-day purchase and it rounds up these um, purchases. So, so like your 10 margaritas that you mentioned in last week's podcast, you know, it round these, it'd round up these purchases to the nearest two or three dollars. And then when you hit $50 worth of roundups, it then invests these into either Bitcoin or Ethereum. And the Bamboo app even allows you to set your portfolio mix and offer gold or silver options as well. So it's just, it's a great way to set up for the long term and save and really just set and forget, I guess. So I think in the crypto space, one thing that sort of does come to mind when I think about what's maybe stopping me from getting involved or just jumping right in is, and we've touched on a little bit, but sort of these bigger concerns about like cybersecurity or whether, you know, the platform that you're using is really safe. Do you have any tips for how we can really safeguard our cryptocurrency? Yeah, sure. I think that that is always a concern and I think I myself keep a certain amount of crypto on the two exchange platforms that I use and I do trust these platforms to a degree. I don't keep a stupid amount on there, but I do keep a certain amount on there. And to make sure that I've got, you know, best practice, I have um, password security set up on my PC and I have everything covered with two-factor authentication. And I think, you know, when it comes to that side of things, all you can do is make sure that you've got all of those extra things set up to make sure you're fully covered. We talk about the fact that cryptocurrency is very decentralized, so we don't have a lot of, you know, third parties involved in it. So, you know, if something does happen, is there any third party that can prove your purchases or is it all, you know, your responsibility to keep them safe? Look, that, that's that's a really hard one because it, I guess it's not really, the third party is not really needed because of due to the nature of the blockchain itself, which is it's fully auditable and transparent. It's all out there to be seen. As you know, you can actually go and see where everything is. So it really is all on you. But if something does happen, there are companies now that you can go to for help that will, you know, act like Magnum PI and help you kind of <laughs> look for things if, if they are if they are lost. But it really is on you to make sure that you are being careful and, you, and you're holding things in wallets where you need to be. I have heard some hilarious, well, not so hilarious stories for the people that like have lost them, but I've just heard some crazy stories about people losing like Bitcoins that they had like, you know, thousands of Bitcoins and they were like lost on their dad's old PC and they don't have the password and they just can't do anything about it. It's so insane. (laughs) Yeah. I think there's some guy in the UK that wanted to dig up landfill because he had something like... 7,000 bitcoins on a hard drive you know oh so I think he even said to the to the to the council or government I'll give you 20 percent and they were like no mate it ain't happening so but that's another thing if you're going to have you know when you do have a decent amount you want to have a hard wallet or a cold wallet which is worth noting and that's kind of like a little tiny safe in the form of USB so that's kind of where you you put any large amounts and that keeps your assets safe 
even when your computer, the computer that you're using isn't secure. So, you know, the hard wallet gives you an extra layer of protection against cyber attacks and phishing sites and all of that kind of thing. So, you know, and that wallet can work with multiple blockchains and you can manage all of your coins like Bitcoin, Ethereum, all on the same device so that you can back them all up and then, you know, you've kind of got one single recovery phase or password, but just don't lose it. That was going to be my next question is what is a hard wallet? Is like, so it, it's a, it looks like a USB. Is it literally just a USB with your digital crypto in a folder? Yeah, so a hard wallet or a cold wallet is like a little tiny mini safe that's like a USB. Um, you know, people call them there's like Trezor and, and Ledger are the, are the bigger brands there. So they um, you, you plug them into your computer and you, you cross things across. So once they're in there and you've, and you've got your Bitcoins all on your, your little hard wallet, you then need to keep that safe. So basically what that means is that some people even put those in the bank, which I find hilarious, and then some people put them in safes, you know, that are in buried, buried in their backyards. So it's just an extra layer of protection, I guess. And what's the alternative? Is there so if if you don't have your crypto on a hard wallet, where do you have it? Is it a soft wallet? There also is a warm <laughs> wallet. I know that sounds weird. Hard wallet, cold wallet. There's just yeah, all the all the different wallets. So again, like I said. I keep some of mine on an exchange, you know, and then if you, you know, you, you put some in a hard wallet, but then there's also a, a warm wallet or a soft wallet, which is like a bank account. And you generally just need your password and your two-factor for that as well. So you can keep a certain amount on that wallet. It's like an app on your phone and you can use your, your crypto on there to pay for things if you like as well. So th- so those, those, I guess, are called, yeah, like warm wallets, which you have on your phone. Cool. So your options are you buy and keep your crypto on the exchange you have a warm wallet, which is on your phone, kind of like a bank account, or a hard wallet, which is your USB. That's correct. Perfect. Thank you for summarizing. I really needed that. <laughs> There's so much jargon. And I would have thought that in the crypto space with all these interesting names that they come up with coins, that they would have had a different name for a wallet. But here we are. <laughs> you, would think, th- you would think. There we go. <laughs> Now, we slightly touched on micro-investing as kind of, you know, a way to dip your toes into buying cryptocurrencies. If your, you know, risk appetite isn't there yet to buy, you know, cryptocurrencies in a whole or in little bits, are there any other ways to invest, I guess, in either coins or in this technology that's really backing up cryptocurrencies? Yeah, well, there's obviously the options to go direct to the companies that are involved in this. And then um, what's really happening, what's really exciting this week, sorry, was the first crypto ETF listing here Mm. in Australia on the ASX. So, you know, that was a bit of a watershed moment for us here. And the listing by BetaShares, um, that won't give you direct access to Bitcoin, Ethereum, um, but to an index of the underlying funds that will give you exposure to um, the companies that are involved there and all those companies are at the forefront of the you know crypto economy and you know a, a big bunch of these companies include like MicroStrategy and Galaxy Digital and Coinbase and these are all huge names within the industry so you know as you mentioned jumping into something like that is a good way um, to gain exposure um, without kind of going all the way in. I absolutely love that I was actually looking at the ETF the other day because I think 
for me personally, I'm really fascinated behind all the technologies that make cryptocurrencies work. And so it's really cool that there's now this option of an ETF. You know, you have someone else managing and really looking at these companies that are involved. So you don't have to have all that responsibility on yourself. But these companies that are really invested in trying to make, you know, these cryptocurrencies work for, I guess, wider society. So I love that the ETF option has finally come to Australia. And I heard that they smashed a lot of records, like so much, so many funds under management, like within 15 minutes. I think they've even gone gangbusters again today. I I saw a snippet just a little while ago. So they're hitting hitting records. And I I think that's just opened the floodgate too. There's going to be so many more on the way. So there's going to be even more options. So, you know, lots to keep an eye on. Very exciting indeed. And on that note, I think that leads us nicely to our watch list. So Tracy, each episode, we have been asking our guests to add a stock, company, news, trend, industry, whatever you like to our watch list. And the purpose of this really is to get us thinking outside the box and broaden our horizons in the investing space. Of course, we're not financial advisors and this is purely for educational purposes, but I'm very excited to hear what are you bringing to the watch list today? Okay. I gave this a lot of thought. Okay. There was <laughs> Love a, that. A sleepless nights. <laughs> <laughs> but I thought, what can I possibly, because crypto is, there's just so many weird and wacky and wonderful things that we could talk about when it comes to cryptocurrency. But I thought I want to give... I want to give you and I want to give the listeners something that is of the now but also is of the future but is also interesting. So I'm going to talk or tell you or tell you to look into NFTs. Now, does that mean anything to you guys when I say NFTs? Non-fungible yes. tokens. <laughs> ding, ding, ding. <laughs> there we go. Non-fungible tokens. Yes. Okay. I don't know any more than that though. <laughs> oh, look, it it, it's you can crypto's a rabbit hole and this is a whole other warren of rabbit holes that you know you could go down but there's it, it's a, it's fascinating it's amazing and all of this comes from smart contracts and there's so many amazing things going on in this space and I think that you know if you've got some time check it out you know we've got we're doing an episode at the moment which will be out in, in probably another four to six weeks I'm not quite sure but you know, there's so many things in this space happening that will blow your mind. And just really quickly, you said it there, non-fungible token. And my husband says, no fungible, no fungible idea. <laughs> but it's, it, it's basically a unique token on the blockchain that has unique characteristics and the ownership can be verified and recorded. So there's so many different NFTs um, that are out there ranging from artwork and basketball cards and digital horses and moments in time. So, you know, we could record this and make this an NFT or, you know, there's tweets, even emails. So you can make anything into an NFT Um, and it's, you know, it's a lot to do with, you know, music and gaming as well. But it's there's so much to unpack but it's worth it it's worth scratching the surface and finding out a little bit more so you know if if your listeners can say that they heard it we heard that on you know you're in good company (laughs) nfts i'll be like job done (laughs) (laughs) love it well maybe we'll have to have you back for another episode we'll talk all things nfts and then we'll make the episode an nft and see what happens we'll do it as an experiment (laughs) sounds good I also think what we should be adding to the watch list is just your episode on NFTs <laughs> so, yeah, true. so we can understand what they are. <laughs> Note that one down for when it comes out. <laughs> it, there's just so much to unpack, but, you know, I haven't even got my head a percentage of the way around it. It's pretty amazing. 
Well, that's why we're all here to do it together. So Tracy, we have one final question for you, which is, and I think this will be one that people should take a lot out of, but for someone starting on their cryptocurrency journey, what would be your best piece of advice for them? Um, gee, best piece of advice <laughs> in the crypto journey. Dollar cost averaging. That's what I would say. Average in slowly. Don't put everything in in one go. Like I wish I'd done that from the word go. And it's easy for me to say that and don't get distracted by other things. Just I would say stick to your big big ones that you, you blue chips, Bitcoin, Ethereum, and average in slowly over time. But in saying that, you're going to go out and you're going to buy other things. That's going to happen. But if you are going to buy other things, make sure that you, this is a big tip here. Make sure you understand the product and you understand what's behind it. I, I, I learned that early on as well. If you don't know what something means and you've just heard someone talking about the fact that it's going to go to the moon or get 10x and or you, you know you even just like the name, that's not good enough. You do some research and understand the product that's, and, and have some belief in it because if you are going to hold that coin for a certain amount of time, that's going to help you to do that. You know, you're going to, hold, you're going to have strength and conviction in holding that for a little bit longer. But, yeah, take your time, do your research and just dollar cost average in slowly. I think I'm going to have to put that advice in a note to myself because I 100% will be so susceptible to seeing a random name of a coin I like and being like, ooh, and getting far too excited and popping too much money in. So I will note that down. Thank you so much, Tracy, for joining us today. And if you haven't listened to Crypto Curious yet, we would highly recommend it. The guys are doing such a great job of breaking down the world of crypto, and we are so excited to have them as a part of the Equity Mates family. Thanks so much for having me. Thanks, Tracy. <laughs> Bye. I really enjoyed that episode with Tracy. And so if I know you've started recently to dabble a little bit in the crypto space, I have to say... I haven't yet, but after the past three episodes, I'm feeling like I'm finally ready. I'm so excited. I'm going to put a really small amount in, happy to lose it, happy if it wants to go 10 times, that's fine too, <laughs> but I think I'm going to do it. Very exciting times. Now, to round out today's episode, we are going to get a sneak peek into a millennial's portfolio. Show me the money, honey. Hi, my name is Vanessa. I'm 27 years old and work as a digital analyst. I earn about $5,000 a month and every fortnight I put away $500 into my self-wealth accounts so that it's ready to go. Once I hit around three dollars to $5,000, I will buy a pass into a company I've been watching or top up on one of my ETFs. I currently have small holdings in VDHG and RBTZ, but the majority of my investments are in speculative mining companies because I prefer short to medium term holds. My current focus is on lithium, rare earths, and uranium, but my largest holding is with AEF, which was my first purchase two years ago and has also been my biggest profit maker and I plan to retire with it one day. Today, the total value of my portfolio is around $68,000. Since I've been investing, I've made a profit of 190%. I love getting a sneak peek into what other people are putting into their portfolio. If you feel like you want to do that as well, please contact us. You can email us yigc at equitymates.com or even just jump into our DMs on Instagram where YIGC podcast and send us a message and we'll send you some extra details. If you have any questions from today's episode, pop them in our Facebook group, YIGC Investing Podcast Discussion Group. And as always, if you enjoyed today's episode, we would love if you could subscribe and leave us a review on your favorite podcast platform. It really helps us get noticed by others. 
And you'll hear from us next week. Thank you so much. Bye. You're in good company is a product of Equity Mates Media. All information in this podcast is for educational and entertainment purposes only. It is not intended as a substitute for professional finance, legal, or tax advice. The hosts of You're in Good Company are not financial professionals and are not aware of your personal financial circumstances. Before making any financial decisions, you should read the product disclosure statement and, if necessary, consult a licensed financial professional. Do not take financial advice from a podcast. For more information, head to the disclaimer page on the EquityMates website where you can find ASIC resources and find a registered financial professional near you. In the spirit of reconciliation, EquityMates Media and the hosts of Your In Good Company acknowledge the traditional custodians of country throughout Australia and their connections to land, sea and community. We pay our respects to their elders past and present and extend that respect to all Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander people today. 